0: everybody welcome to the program welcome to tom harris live today is july 2nd of 2011 and a very happy independence day weekend to those of you who are in the states we have a long weekend this weekend not that that really matters to me because every weekend is a long weekend for me right now in fact it is weekend all day long all year long all year (laughs) all month long Um, yeah i have to say and I know I've said this before, folks, but but being unemployed is bad for the show. And I'll tell you why it's bad for the show. <clears throat> when I'm employed, I have a lot of time when I'm at work to think about show topics, to do a lot of you know show preparation. You know, I I'm constantly have this on my mind. It's like, well, I, I obviously when I'm working, I have all kinds of time to think about stuff at work Uh, you know usually when I'm doing tedious tasks and that sort of thing when I'm not working I'm always doing stuff I'm always out doing something or I'm running errands or I'm just looking for a job you know filling out applications and resume you know sending out resumes and stuff like that and so I don't have as much time that's not full when when I'm unemployed as I do when I'm actually employed, which may seem a little bit counterintuitive, but that's just kind of the way it is. And so while I'm unemployed, the show, I think, actually kind of suffers a little bit because I, I don't spend as much time thinking about a show. Now, we almost didn't get this travel show this week, folks, because I forgot that I was supposed to be doing a travel show this week. And so I didn't start my preparation as early as I should have. I realized uh last night, right about the time I was going to bed, it's like oh my god, I I'm, I'm supposed to be doing a uh a travel show this week because I promised that last week and I've been promising it for a few weeks now. And so I didn't actually start collating all of my information until this morning, which is kind of, that's unusually quick for me. Normally with its travel shows, I'll sit down and I'll look through my photographs or I'll, you know, just kind of try to remember the stuff that, that I'm going to talk about. And this is an easy show to do. This, this particular travel show is an easy show to do because it was one of the more recent trips I took. But also because I have such vivid memories of this two week trip that I took to Ireland and we'll be getting to that all in a minute it's a hot day here in Chicago you know I guess we've really hit high summer here now and we have this long Independence Day weekend and it it is just hot and humid and nasty outside not as bad as it gets a little bit later You, you talk about the humidity when you get towards August here August is always the least comfortable month so you know Ask me in a couple of weeks what the weather's like, because <laughs> it's been a pretty typical summer. I don't think that you know, we've had you know, any kind of a milder or warmer summer than usual. I think for once we actually kind of have your bog standard average uh, Chicago summer here. And I have been out and about a little bit in the last few days. Yesterday I was out, I went out uh, up to Evanston. Just, just for for fun, really. I mean, I, I went up and, and found a couple of geocaches that that were new since last time I I kind of covered Evanston, and was able to just kind of, yeah, you know, kind of bop around town a little bit yesterday, and hopefully I'll be able to get out and about today because it is gorgeous out. I mean, it's hot and it's humid, but it it could be so much worse, you know what I mean? Anyway, so we are going to talk about Ireland today, and if I have time, then I'll do. Uh, today in history and all that sort of thing, but I have a lot of material to get through. So I'm going to try to get through this material and hopefully we'll uh, uh, get through it all. <laughs> and if not, then there's always next week. Uh, so I have a, a Skype comment here. Uh, Skype comment here. Mark in Bristol. Hi, Mark. And um, he says, hi, Tom, I've uh, been catching up on your podcast. Glad to hear you had a good road trip. Glad to hear Stacy's coming back. Yeah, Stacy's coming back. I just don't know when. Uh, we, who knows? You know, we, we don't uh, really know what's going on at the moment. I will tell you that there is stuff in the works. There There's stuff going on. And maybe that's sort of behind the scenes right now. But we'll know more in a couple of weeks. But let's just say there there are plans afoot. I am involved in these plans to, to some extent, and uh, things will carry on so uh anyway I'm going to uh go and just kind of hop right into it really because uh you know you know how it is with these travel shows is that I carry get carried away talking about other stuff at the beginning of the show and then they kind of kind of have to rush through it and don't really get to everything that I wanted to talk about and and it kind of short. I don't know, sh- short changes, some of the material. And so I'm going to go ahead and do the travel stuff first this week. It's a, a little experiment, I guess. And I, I can see that we have, uh, oh, yes, so we, we have some people out there listening. Hooray. <laughs> Presumably they can hear me, hopefully. Uh, anyway, uh, so that is uh, kind of what, what's what been going on here. Uh, still don't have a job. I have been looking, of course. I you know, sent out lots of resumes this week. And hopefully we'll hear something back from these. But you know, it is now to the point where this is my second month of unemployment now. Uh, it was basically May and June, and at the end of that is two months. And so I'm begin—I guess I'm beginning my third month of unemployment. So you know, the last time I was unemployed, it was a total of of three months that that I was unemployed. However, I did kind of, kind of. Did you hear that? Oh, there's a motorcycle, right? That's not my building. Um, anyway, the, uh, the thing about last time was that you know, I, I was kind of looking the whole time, and this time I, I kind of took some time off. I took, took almost a month off uh, and did the road trip and all that stuff. So when you really think about it, it's really only, only is two months of unemployment. Anyway, all right, so we're going to talk about Ireland today. And one of the things that I'm not going to be talking about on this show are the various ins and outs of Irish politics. I don't want to go there. Not this show. Maybe maybe on another show we can talk about that stuff. But I am going to be talking about Ireland, and I'm going to be including Northern Ireland in that. Because as far as I'm concerned, it's an island. It's an island called Ireland. And all of Ireland is on this island. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and everything on this ir- on this island is Ireland. And I'm not, you know, not trying to uh, diminish Northern Ireland. I'm really not because I, I recognize, you know, Northern Ireland is a part of the United Kingdom, whereas southern part of Ireland is not. And so that, you know, I don't. That's kind of as deep as I want to get into the politics of it. And of course, it's a really, really exciting history. And, um, and uh, so, so yeah, so it's, uh, I have a message here from Seismorg. Hi, Seismorg, And uh, because Seismorg is also, he is in, I believe he's in Northern Ireland. Hello, Seismorg, He says, uh, it's all to do with money, Tom. Catholic, Protestant, do- doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's basically it. But I don't want to get into the ins and outs of, of talking about that. I might. Touch on it a little bit when I get into discussing the Northern Ireland part of my trip now the thing that, the thing about Ireland is uh, you know i 'm going to give you my fun facts about Ireland here um, now we 're going to talk about the just kind of generally facts about Ireland out by by the way folks don 't try to use these fun facts as research, please. <laughs> Always check your sources. You know, when I when I do these travel shows, and it's true for anything, you know, any podcast you listen to or any Internet site that you read, you know, don't, don't just take their word for it. You know, that, that that's the worst thing you can do. Anyway, uh, so fun facts about Ireland. Ireland is the third largest island in Europe and the 26th largest island in the world. Ireland has an area of 70,273 square miles. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, 70,273 square kilometers. Sorry about that, which is 27,133 square miles. The longest river in Ireland, the Shannon, is also the longest river in the British Isles. Ireland is a country of many rivers and lakes. Lakes are referred to as lochs. Yes, well, yeah, just like Scotland. There, Ireland has no snakes. Ooh, yes, it's very, very mystical. Very, very uh, mystical uh, explanation for that. Uh, Ireland's Constitution guarantees freedom of worship for all people. Ireland has won the Nobel Prize for Literature on four occasions with George Bernard Bernard Shaw, William Butler Yeats, Samuel Beckett, and Seamus Heaney. Irish Aviation Fact. Shannon became the world's first duty-free airport in 1947. There is no death penalty in Ireland. Ireland is not a member of NATO. It is a neutral state. The famous Titanic was built in Belfast at the shipyards there. There are more mobile phones in Ireland than there are people. Uh, I don't know about that, but I'll I'll take their word for it. Uh, The official language of Ireland, now we're talking about the Republic of Ireland here. the, The official language of Ireland is Irish Gaelic. But only a very small percentage of people in Ireland can actually speak it. There are actually now more Polish speakers in Ireland than native Irish speakers because over five percent of the population of Ireland is polish uh, <laughs> well that's you know that 's true of uh, of Chicago as well. I think there more, that we have more Polish speakers in Chicago than there are in warsaw so um, I have a message here from James. Hello, James. Uh, say, uh, James says, hi, Tom. I'm tuned in. Thought you might want to add this fact. In Belfast Airport in Northern Ireland has been named George Best Airport after their most famous footballer. It was so sad the way he went. I don't actually know anything about George Best. So if anybody uh, if anybody uh, can enlighten me, that would be uh, uh, much appreciated. Um, and uh mark stevens uh is is messaging again two phones each to be sure to be sure <laughs> that that reminds me of uh that reminds me of uh my the joke that i told on Mikey Holt show a long time ago it says uh, but that it's it's really stupid anyway uh so uh anyway getting to it so yeah, that, that's just your fun facts about Ireland. The reason why I say don't don't do your research on this show or or any podcast is because somebody actually took one of my facts, my fun facts from my Greece show, and was gonna build a show around it. I'm not gonna embarrass the person by saying who that was. I like no, no, don't do that. No, yeah, um, you should you should always do your own research, folks. And and you know I get these from various websites, and I make no claims as to the prominent provenance. Of these uh, fun facts. Anyway, so Ireland was a trip that I, I entered into kind of a little bit lackadaisically because it was one of those places that was on my list of places I wanted to go for years. We've all heard about Ireland, we've heard about you know, the green fields and the sheep and the mountains and shamrocks and leprechauns and all that stuff. There's a lot of people in Chicago and a lot of people in the United States in general who are of Irish descent. And a lot of these sites that you go to to get fun facts about Ireland, they concentrate on the fact that a lot of famous people are of Irish descent. Well, duh. Yeah, of course there are. Barack Obama is of Irish descent. I think, I think everybody famous in, in America practically is of Irish descent, except for me. I'm I'm not of Irish descent, but it's true that there there's just a lot a lot of people out there, who who are Irish or they claim Irish heritage, and we had a mass exodus in the 1850s of Irish people to the United States, and that's the main reason for that. We have you know a large percentage of the population who are of Irish heritage. So there's, I think, almost a, uh, I don't know, what what would you call it? A, a uh, they put Ireland up on some kind of a pedestal. That it is the mother country. That it is, you know, they they idealize this this country life in Ireland, where where life wasn't easy for for any variety of reasons, a lot of which were political and not actually having to do with. Living there itself, and it's it's like the true of a lot of places in Europe that that pushed out a lot of refugees. And, and for example, you know the, the area of of Moravia where my mom's family is from, and you, 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 you a lot of people left that area because of persecution. It was a religious persecution, and you know the, the government was a Catholic government. The you know the Hussites, who my people come from were protestant and so they got out of that country because they weren't allowed to actually to to worship as they pleased now you know coming from this angle you know me being an atheist it's hard for me to see what a lot of the fuss is about you have one mythology over another and that's kind of how it is for me Um, we have some comments coming in here uh, Sizemore saying uh, that they were hungry. Yeah, well, you know, you, you talk about you know, the combination of factors, in the 1850s, you have you have a lot of political factors, of course, but you also had the potato famine, or the potato blight, I should say, which affected a lot of Western Ireland. And, you know, you hear that mentioned a lot and the in the political aspect of it is kind of overlooked. But it's a, it's a very, very interesting history, a very dark history at times. When you're traveling in... in the southern part of Ireland especially, not so much in the northern part of Ireland, a lot of the history that you're told is English people being horrible to the Irish. Is that well-founded? Yes, it is. In a lot of cases, it is. Cromwell was not a nice man. He treated the Irish abominably. But it's not the whole story. And so it's really hard to to talk about Irish history and not get mixed up into this stuff. So that's why I'm trying not to. I'm going to talk mainly about the uh uh the places that I've been and the places that I saw, and hopefully you'll enjoy the ride. James is saying, George Best used to play English football for Manchester United in northeast England and played for Northern Ireland on an international level as he came from Northern Ireland in the 70s. Oh, in the 70s, he was. Then George Best was remembered in the UK for being the most famous alcoholic. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, I don't know about the most famous alcoholic. (laughs) let's not get into that stereotype <laughs> anyway um so i started out you know, it started out in 2003 it was one of those places that i just had always wanted to go and decided okay well, i'm going to go to ireland i went to ireland in 2003 this is pretty much hot on the heels of my trip to japan which i'll be talking about probably in a couple months from now I'll start talking about uh talking about japan a lot but um This was sort of a, it was a quickie trip. It was only a two-week trip. And because it was a quickie trip, I had to manage my time very, uh, very tightly. Normally when I travel, I have a very footloose style. That tends to be the way I like to travel. I don't like to keep to a timetable. I like to do things at my own pace. I wanted to see as much of the country as possible, both Southern and Northern Ireland wanted to see the whole island in short, and then take a few days at the end of my trip to go back to a place in particular that caught my fancy. Now, I knew going into that that it was likely to be on the west coast of Ireland, possibly Connemara, possibly Sligo and Donegal. Because those are the types of areas that I'm drawn to. These are the places, you know, the wilderness, the, you know, you have the not so much in, in Dublin or, or Galway, you know, or a place like that, but but kind of in the wilds. So that's sort of the places I like to travel. And so I decided what I was going to do is take a bus tour. Now, not I'm not talking about a coach tour like like old people take, because there's nothing worse than a coach tour. Come on. Everybody knows this. There's nothing worse. Uh Mark Stevens is saying, I thought the Fagash Lil was the most famous alcoholic in the world. Now she she only drinks diet water. Diet water. Um uh, so so basically I decided to take a, a backpackers bus tour. Now the coach tours are the worst and like I said, yeah, you know, they're boring, they're full of old people. You see, a lot of places, but you don't get any depth. And so what I decided to do was go with an outfit that took you to a relatively small number of places, but you actually were able to spend some time in depth. And with that in mind, I went with a company called Tiernanog Tours. Now, unfortunately, they don't exist anymore. They they went out of business sometime in the last five years or so. But this was the company that I went with and they offered a six-day around Ireland backpackers bus tour it allowed you a lot of freedom to kind of go and see your own stuff but you it did to actually take you to some of the most important places or I, should, I guess to say the most traveled places the places where they they want tourists to go because you know the first time i go to any country i want to see all that tourist stuff because there's a reason why this stuff is tourist stuff usually there's something interesting there may not be as good as all that and we'll talk about that in a minute but you know, a lot of people will go to see you know Barney Castle or they'll want us to go see you know St. Patrick's Mount, you know th- that sort of thing you know and those things are popular for a reason so I don't want to avoid the tourist sites but I don't want to concentrate on the tourist sites when I travel and that's kind of my signature type of travel. Well, the thing about the the de tour is that it took you to a lot of those places plus a lot of other places as well. So that was why I, I chose that particular tour. So it was a six-day trip around, all the way around Ireland. And then at the end, I had about five days that I could kind of go off on my own and go back to a place that caught my fancy. So anyway, so we started out in Dublin. Now Dublin, of course, is the capital of of the Irish Republic. It is a uh, it's I wouldn't say a beautiful city. <laughs> it's not the ugliest city I've been to certainly, but I wouldn't call it a beautiful city. And it is, yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff to see there. Obviously, you know the main tourist sites there are the Temple Bar. You go to St Patrick's Cathedral, which is kind of slowly sinking into the ground. The I've talked about the Cistercian convent in, in Dublin many times, so I don't need to cover that about here. Um, Trinity College and the Book of Kells—that's that's something that's is worth seeing. Of course, Ha'penny Bridge, where you know people used to—they uh, used to charge people a halfpenny to cross the bridge, and of course, most people wouldn't pay it, so you yeah, now it's free. And the Jameson Distillery. Uh, oh, I forgot, I forgot uh, uh, Guinness, okay, the, the Guinness distillery there, brewery, I guess it's brewery, and, and those are kind of the main things, and you also have Phoenix Park, and you have, yeah there's a lot of stuff in, in Dublin. Dublin could probably get its own show, I mean, I could probably talk about that for a whole hour, but I didn't spend as much time in Dublin as I did in, you know, I have in London, or so, you know, places like that, so um, I, I kind of did a, a whirlwind tour of Dublin kind of at the end of my trip. Uh, Seismorg is saying that it's very expensive in Dublin. Yeah, I, I would say that it's it's more expensive in Dublin than than anywhere else in Ireland. Uh, I, I, that's probably fair to say. Um, so, so I got on the bus in Dublin on this Tir de Nog tour. Now, we, the first day, we spent a lot of time looking at ruins of castles. Now, the one I, only one I remember is the Rock of Dunamis. This was a, a castle that was knocked down by Cromwell... And so this is sort of your introduction to the whole, these are the horrible things that the English did to the Irish tour. And you get this all over Ireland. You, know, you see these ruined castles that were obviously you know, fairly imposing at the time. And the story is invariably the same. Oh, well, this got knocked down by, by Cromwell. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that, that's, you hear a lot of that. And then, of course, you move on, you know, and the the other place that we went on, the f- the other major site that we saw on the second day was, was Cashel. Now, Cashel being a, it's a monastery fortress. Really interesting place that, and important to, I suppose, the religious history of Ireland, in that this was the place where St. Patrick supposedly came. Let's assume that St. Patrick actually existed, it was a real person. And they, you know, this was a seat of power, and more, almost more religious power than than political power. But the ruin is fairly well maintained. You go in and you can s- actually see this fortress. You can see this the chapels. You can see all this, and it's it's an important site in Irish history. And we spent way too much time there. <laughs> I mean, you can actually you know see that whole. Whole of cashel and maybe an hour. May, maybe two hours if you if you really want to poke around. Um, I'm just kind of keep track of the uh thing. Uh oh Seismorg is saying the Queen was there a couple of weeks ago, Dublin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well the, the Queen gets around. You know, she she does uh uh, uh yes and Seismor is saying that the seat of the High Kings uh was actually Cashel. Right, exactly. Um not to be confused with, with the Hill of Tara, which we'll be talking about a little bit later. Um, so, the, uh, so, the, so Cashel was actually the, uh, sort of the second stop we took along the way. And we finished up our first day in Cork. Now Cork was an interesting place because it was the seat of rebel activity for so many centuries. This was sort of the, the stronghold, stronghold in the South of the people who were fighting against the British. And interesting place. Uh, don't ask for a Guinness in Cork, <laughs> because that's the home of Murphy's. <laughs> don't worry, I don't drink the black stuff or the brown stuff. I, I can't stand that stuff, the, which proves that I'm not Irish, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so the second day, the second day of the trip was a little bit more pastoral because yeah you know, when you think of Ireland you think you think of the green fields you think of of rain you think of sheep you think it's a and that kind of is what Kerry is like and we went you know kind of on the through the tour we started out in the morning at Barney Castle now Barney Castle despite being this horrible tourist ripoff uh works asking me if i think of sheep uh not in that way not in the same way that, that an irishman would i think of them as scenery um but barney castle is more interesting than you might think now what happens is with barney castle okay you have this this whole area around barney castle that's this great big park there's, uh, there's historical sites in that park, or I should say there's archaeological sites, not historical sites. There's archaeological sites in the park. There's a lot of interesting stuff on the grounds of the castle itself. There's a chamber tube. there's the, the wishing stairs, which everyone you're supposed to walk down backwards and hope you don't bust your head open. There, you know, then there's, of course, Barney Castle itself and kiss, kissing the Barney Stone. So you have these busloads of tourists that show up here at, at Barney Castle to kiss the Barney Stone. And then they leave. They don't see any of the more interesting stuff. So you can actually spend you a know, good few hours at Barney Castle and not even kiss the Barney Stone and not be bored. I mean, there's, there's stuff there to see. So I definitely would say, you know, yeah, go ahead and, and pay the... Whatever outrageous sum they're charging now to get into Barney Castle, but don't just see the castle and then leave. Go see the other stuff too, because that stuff's interesting, and particularly if you're into archaeology, history, that sort of thing. So definitely would recommend that. Now, uh, one of the fact that I picked up while I was while I was at Barney Castle is the fact that most people who say they've kissed the Barney Stone have not actually kissed the Barney Stone. Because the Barney Stone is actually a piece of smooth limestone. It came from the Middle East, supposedly. They don't know that for sure. But most people are afraid to lead back far enough to kiss the Barney Stone. And they kiss the stone above it. So most of the people who say they've kissed the Barney Stone actually haven't. Now, I don't put any any sort of uh, credence into the idea that kissing the Barney Stone gives you the gift of gab. It's just sort of a fun tradition. And, uh, And yes, yes, I did kiss the Barney Stone. There's also no truth to the rumor that the locals come to the castle in the middle of the night and piss on the Barney Stone. (laughs) no that's the that's the legend that supposedly is what goes on Um, anyway so um, and uh, says you need a good head for heights yeah well the uh, the, when you're up at the top of the tower yeah the 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 traditional way of kissing the barney stone is that you actually have to lean all the way backward and and it can be disconcerting now if you fall you're not going to fall there's actually bars there that would keep you from falling through. However, it would be pretty scary. They do have, actually have somebody to hold on to you to make sure you don't actually fall. Um, anyway, moving on, we have, because uh, I try to get through this. You know? <laughs> get, I'm, I'm almost halfway through the show. Um, so, so our next stop after the Barney, Barney Castle. And I thought, i tell you, I thought Barney Castle was actually interesting. Not the castle itself, but the grounds. Anyway, uh, the Ring of Kerry. Let's talk about that for a second because there's a lot of stuff to see. And this is sort of one of the main tourist areas of Ireland. You have Kerry, the, you know, the Killarney National Park. You have the, the mountains there, which I forget what they're called. Is that the Kerry? No, they, they're, they're not called the Kerry Mountains. No, they're called something else the Reeks. Uh, the Kerry Reeks or something like that. But uh, the uh, one of the interesting things that we did, now this is included in our tour, I wouldn't have actually paid extra for this thing, is they did a horse-drawn uh, cart that goes through the, the Clarney National Park, and that's like a 45-minute to an hour kind of horse ride. A lot of very touristy activities there, that was one of them. But you can't, you can't dispute the fact that despite being so incredibly touristy, that that was a it's fantastic park, beautiful beautiful scenery, and we had a great day for it. It was one of those days that it seemed like it might rain all day, but we actually had enough blue sky that it made the the clouds were sort of picturesque rather than threatening, and we we did we got a little bit wet, but not too much. And uh, was actually able to see most of the park. And I would, say, I would say that's worth doing if you've never been to Ireland before. It's not something I would do again, though. And then uh, after doing that, we hopped back on our bus. And we ended up uh, in a place called Doolin. A lot of people know Doolin. And Doolin is actually one of the ports that you catch the boats on to go out to the Aran Islands. Now, we didn't do that, didn't have time for that. That was one of the options that I wanted to take advantage of on the end of my trip. But as it turned out, the weather didn't really support that. So I decided not to do that, and I, and I went somewhere else instead. But Doolin is interesting because of, of a couple of different reasons. The, the main reason why it's interesting is because it is kind of the seat of traditional Irish music right now. Maybe not so much now as it was about 10 years ago, because I think it's become more touristy, and the the traditional musicians, they just don't want the tourist crowds. But there are three pubs in Newland, a tiny, tiny little town, which probably has 100 people. And I think that most of these are kind of for the tourist trade. Well, who knows? But we actually did go to one of them and, and saw some traditional music. Uh, fantastic musician. Yeah, you know, if you ever if you ever really want to have that experience, you have to go to one of these, not so much Doolin, but but some other tiny little town where they do traditional music, and not for the tourists. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, because it's not the same. If you want to hear you know, tr- hear traditional music, you buy CDs of it if you want the tourist experience. But it's nothing quite like the, the kind of intimate pub gathering where people are actually playing traditional music. I happen to love traditional Irish music. Fantastic. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of traditional Irish music. Always have been. And traditional Scottish music for that matter and just just love this stuff. So Doolin was actually, you know, that's was sort of the place to be. Unfortunately, I think it has become more touristy. You know, that's one of the things that kind of frustrated us is that in Doolin we went to, we went to one of the uh, the pubs because they had they had music that night. But none of those musicians were actually from Doolin. They were from Dublin or they were from Galway or they were from, you know, they they weren't from from that area. And they're being shipped in to entertain the tourists, you know, the coaches of tourists who come through. And you get these coaches, you know, and they'll come up at eight o'clock in the evening, drop them off, and then an hour later come and pick everyone up. And that's kind of no way to do it. The other thing about Doolin, that's interesting is that they're surfing there. It's one of the better places to surf in Ireland, and you know, believe it or not, people surf in Ireland. There are, especially on the west coast, there are these fantastic beaches for surfing. And people don't realize that that they get these big waves. So it's really interesting that. The other thing I did in Doolin was I went and visited a fairy cave. Now, I don't believe that fairies exist. But I love the folklore. You talk about the you know, the, the fairy folk, the, the original inhabitants of Ireland, according to folklore. And, you know, the hawthorn tree is... <laughs> <laughs> the hawthorn tree is considered to be sacred to 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 the fairy folk. And you find these caves kind of scattered around, and especially in the karst region, up by Duan, because you're getting on the borders of the Burren there, which which is a giant karst region. And there's lots of these little caves kind of dotted everywhere. And a lot of these little caves have a hawthorn tree which were planted they they don't occur there naturally they were planted by ancient people or maybe not so ancient people because they believed that the fairy folk lived in these caves and so i actually was able to spend yeah you know, i got tired of the pub after a while so i'm going to go wander around because you know, that, that i i often do that and uh, you know it's it's easy to get tired of the pub especially when you've been pubbing every night for you know the last week and um I went and sat there for a while. Didn't see any fairies. Didn't hear any fairies. But it it was just, you know, it's, it really is an interesting experience. It's sit out on, not a moor. I mean, it was in a field, you know, it was a, a sort of near the town, but there's not much traffic. It's very dark, lots of stars. And there's nothing else quite like it. You know, I've often talked about in my show the, a sense of, the, the presence of a place that places actually have their own personality and their own feel and there's nowhere else quite like you know the west coast of Ireland for that I think I think it does have a very unique feel but moving on uh, because I'm, I'm running short on time already uh, next day we went uh, moved on from doing uh, Sizemore is saying fairies do exist <laughs> okay uh, and yes it is don't cut don't cut a thorn tree yeah I've I've seen that uh these hawthorn t- trees growing in farmers fields and the farmers will just plow around them yeah they, they don't they don't disturb them it's it's just that superstition thing but you know hey what, what do you know um day three cliffs and mower big cliffs tallest cliffs in Europe uh Pretty, pretty spectacular. Driving through the Burren. Now, the Burren, like I said, it's a karst region, a lot of uh, caves. It is a very desolate area. At least some parts of it are very desolate. And the turf grows between these karsts. So it looks like the place is just incredibly barren, that there's nothing alive there. It's like the surface of the moon. Not so much when you see it up close, because you see it up close and you realize, okay, well, there's these rocky outcroppings everywhere. But inside there, there's there's little areas of green. And so you could actually have cattle surviving here without any problem, because there's lots of grass for them to eat. And we did see cattle kind of clambering around in the rocks there. Um, uh, When I was leaving Ireland, I saw the burn from the air. Oh, my goodness. Uh, fantastic, Just a fantastic view. You take off going back to America from Shannon Airport. You fly right over it. Just absolutely gorgeous. Um, and we ended up the day in Galway. Now, Galway City, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but you know, we were there for three hours, and uh, you know, I, so I can't claim to be any kind of an expert. What do you do when you have three hours in Galway City? Well, you walk around and look at stuff. And Galway, in a lot of ways, is one of the. It's kind of a. It's your west coast town. It sort of reminds me a little bit of. um, Not not of Uig. I I, I thinking not not trying to think of the name of the town in Scotland. Um, uh, Oban. Uh, It reminded me a lot of Oban. Uh, They have a lot in common: being on the west coast, being on the ocean, having you know having ferries running out from. From that port to various other places it, it had a very very similar type of feel and really the the thing I remember most about about Galway was the lunch I had there which is not <laughs> which is not all that very exciting I went to a, I went to a bakery and bought some bread I went to a cheese shop and bought some cheese and I had a little picnic bought down by the sea now the sea area is actually a, it's not part of Galway it's like a little seaside resort. It's called uh, Saltire or something like that. And, and that is kind of the area of Galway, right on the bay, right on the oceans, just a few minutes walk from, from town. Um, and uh, so definitely, I, I like Galway. It's one of those places that eventually I'd like to go back to, but I didn't really see that much of it. Uh, so that moving on, uh, we went through, um, after we left Galway, we drove up through Connemara. Now, Connemara is a lot like the areas of, of the highlands of Scotland, it, 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 both in the way it looks and the sort of geological features you have there. And immediately, while we were going through Connemara, I realized this is the place I need to come back to. This is the place I want to explore a little bit more. So we'll be talking about that later in the show. But we we drove through Connemara and kind of went up through uh, through that area. We went up to uh, to Westport. Now Westport is known uh, mainly as kind of a tourist town. It's a very English-looking sort of town. It doesn't look very Irish. Um, I, I, if you if you know what I mean. If you don't know what I mean, then then don't don't worry about it. But it 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 had a very English feel to it. Didn't really seem like an Irish town when you compare it to somewhere like Cork or Dublin and it it had sort of you know these uh, Georgian and Edwardian buildings it was not a uh, you know a thing that you would think of as being uniquely Irish but Westport does have some good pubs and of course it's the the place where you kind of stay if you're going to go up Crokepatrick which is at St. Patrick's Mountain and uh, we didn't do that uh this is a, you know we kind of saw it you know we kind of went up a little bit on it you know but uh and it, it's something you'd really kind of need to take a whole day for and i didn't really feel like doing that but you can see the you know, the pilgrims there you can see the people you know they were going up the mountain barefoot or on their knees you know it's like uh, why would you do that i don't know you know, it's like the silly things that people do for for superstition uh i just want to keep be mindful here of skype messages coming in um Sizemore says a lot of ferries go to Scotland at weekends. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I thought they they went over the Giant's Causeway. Well, we'll be talking about the Giant's Causeway in a little bit. But uh, they, uh, so Westport, pretty little town, uh, not very Irish, but uh, we went from there up through Sligo and Donegal. And that is just absolutely spectacular scenery. You want to talk about wild. This is as wild as Ireland gets. And it is, is so beautiful up there. It's the sort of place that I would, you know, that was my second on my list of places that I really kind of want, wanted to go visit. And if I go back to Ireland anytime soon, I'll definitely be heading up that way. Uh, because that is wild Ireland. Love it. Just You've you got to love it. Um, all right. So uh, that was sort of where we ended. Now, we, we spent that night in Elderry. Londonderry, Derry, depending on, you know, now we're getting into the politics stuff. Now we're, you know, and I don't want to get in there. Okay, the Southern Irish call the city Derry. That was the original name of the city. The Northern Irish call it Londonderry because that was what it was renamed later. I'm going to choose the politically neutral Elderry because that it's politically neutral. Okay. Uh, Mark is saying you'd make a brilliant dinner guest. Well, if you're going to have me for dinner, uh well, you know, hey, you know, if I'm in the UK. Uh, <laughs> James is saying, did you get to see any of the Irish breweries by chance? They were, they're were they some of the only traditional breweries around this part of the world. As I feel the big boys are coming to town now and things are not the same. Yes, I did. And we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Uh, Seismorg is saying Catholics use dairy. I guess I think everyone in the South uses dairy. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that you're going to find too many people in the in the uh, Republic of Ireland using using uh, London dairy. Um, now, dairy was this is interesting. Now, this is this is starting you know, kind of hedging on the politics here. When you cross from from the Republic of Ireland into Northern Ireland, you notice a definite change. the The whole feel of the country changes. All of a sudden, you notice things that you didn't see elsewhere. You see the police towers. You see all these signs of the troubles, quote-unquote the troubles. You definitely get the feeling of paranoia. You definitely get the feeling of being watched. I don't know that the surveillance is as bad now as it used to be. I don't know that, but you can definitely see signs everywhere you look. It's right out in the open. It's not. It's not as though they hide it. Uh, Derry was an interesting place, or London Dairy, if you prefer, because we were able to actually view some of the site. You know, you talk, heard about Bloody Sunday. You too sang about it we we were actually able to go there to see the places where these things happened you get a little political lesson you get a lesson you know you get you get, a, you, get uh, you you get to hear about the troubles hopefully thankfully you know that is at an end now or at least it's diminished to a dull thumb. you know but you definitely get the sense and you, you go into L Derry and and you get the sense of the paranoia and the suspicion, and people not trusting each other, and that's not something that you see really in the South. In the South, people are generally pretty open, and they they have a uh, you know a friendlier. I wouldn't say friendly in the sense a lot of people say friendly, but you know, as far as being polite to tourists, friendly but you get outside of the tourist areas and then you actually do genuinely meet friendly people, kind of like in the highlands of Scotland. It's the same way. You get outside of the tourist areas and people, they're not sick of tourists, uh, they tend to be pretty pretty pleasant to, to deal with. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely Linda Derry, Derry, whatever you want to call it, it's an interesting experience having come from the south. It's like I said, it feels completely different. Moving on uh, from Derry, we went to... Uh, we went through uh, Dunluce Castle, which is sort of right on the cliff, uh, kind of between there and the Giant's Causeway. A really, really kind of interesting castle. Most of it is kind of fallen into the ocean now. <laughs> it's kind of, which it was actually uh, people living there at the time when when the, the major part of the castle fell in. It's a ruin now, but it's definitely something we're seeing. Um, uh, the Giant's Causeway. Now. Of course, there's a lot of interesting stories about the Giant's Causeway. This was one of my favorite places in Northern Ireland. Definitely a tourist attraction, but it's also a park, like a national park. And you see these basalt, hexagonal basalt columns. And you can explain it, you know, the, the basalt slowly cooling and fracturing and making these patterns. You know, It's much more fun to believe that it was built by Finn McCool. <laughs> or fjord mccool as they may say in ireland um, the idea was that that fjord mccool built this causeway to go visit a lady giant over on the scotland side of, of the irish sea so the, or was it, is that the irish sea i think it's the irish sea um because you can actually see parts of, of scotland from that that area so it's actually the, the kind of the closest point um and uh, so it's it's fun to think of as having been built by a giant, but being me, you know, being the skeptic, it, to me it was just really really cool geological formation, a lot of fun to climb around. There's a beautiful uh, nature walk up there, and, and if you take go there, take the opportunity; it's worth the time to to take the the path on top of the cliffs along the Giant's Causeway. You get kind of a nice view of what's down below. But you also get to see the surrounding countryside, and, and it's, it's lovely. Uh, Mark is saying, just to let you know, Tom, every few minutes you get cut off in adverts play. Ew, I didn't know that. Uh, okay, Th- thanks for letting me know that, Mark. Now, incidentally, if that happens and, and you actually miss any of the show, you can go download the show either from unitedkingdomradio.co.uk in the podcast section, or you can download it from my site, tomharrisusa.com. That there will be no advertising in those uh, in those uh, things because as I record on, on the master the master uh, board here at at uh, my studio here. Um, uh, okay, I'm just just looking at the notes here. Um, okay, so from the Giants Causeway we ended up going uh, pretty much straight to Belfast. Now we were going to stop by the uh, the rope bridge at uh, Carrick upon Reed, I think is the name of it. Or uh, Caracon Reed. And uh we, the, the rope bridge was out of order. <laughs> we were there. So we didn't get to actually see it. Um, so uh we, we just kind of went on to, to Belfast. Uh it's saying uh Karakareed. Karakareed. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Uh, James is saying he uh, is also getting the adverts uh, every five minutes or so. Yeah, okay. Uh, but the the uh, the uh, uploaded version of the show will not have them. So if you, if you think you missed anything important, which you probably didn't, <laughs> then you can feel free to download it from there. Um, so anyway, uh, so then we went to Belfast, like I guess. I'm just kind of keeping an eye on the time here because we have 10 minutes left. Um, so Belfast, another... Sort of of interesting place again, not as paranoid as as Eldery, but definitely you get the sense that you know of of being being under surveillance. Now there were there were areas of of Belfast that they said you might not want to go to after dark. Some of the more some of the more uh, I guess say political areas. Politically sensitive areas, I guess, where there's actually still a lot of tension. Most of the troubles have passed, but there are still part, parts that you know, if, if you are perceived as a Catholic in this part of town, or if you are perceived as a Protestant in this part of town, are not real safe. Now, the one thing I will say about Belfast, uh, because it's it's a modern city, it is a uh, this kind of typical European city. I don't really think of anything that special about about Belfast. Of course, one of the interesting uh bits of trivia about Belfast is there's no official name for the people who live there. Uh the they're called Belfastians or you know Belfasters or whatever, you know. Yeah, there's really no official that so that's kind of interesting. But anyway, what I will say if you're in Belfast, you know there's so much history there there's so much uh sort of heightened political awareness there take the belfast black taxi tour i have mentioned this to a few people from ireland and they never heard of it but this was amazing because this is something that came right out of the troubles and what this is that this these are taxi tours this was really really interesting you have a taxi driver who is you know on the, the the loyalist side, you have a taxi driver who is on the uh, the the you know the, the Catholic side, the Protestant side, or the loyalist side, or the you know Republican side, whatever whatever you want to say, and they team up. Both of these taxi drivers ride in the same taxicab. You have four people in this taxi cab in addition to them, and they take you to all of the different sites in Belfast. You get every side of the argument. You get every interpretation. This is a, you know, I think it's a worthwhile project. It's, you, you know, you get to visit the important places. You get to hear the history of the troubles. You get to hear the viewpoints of the various factions involved you get the, you get both sides of the story this is what i really liked about that they don't whitewash it you know they they don't they don't try to to make it friendly for the tourists these are real people some of these people have scars from the troubles you know not not just physical scars you know these people have actually lived through it it's brilliant absolutely brilliant it's something that that everybody needs to do if you If you go to Belfast, uh, so moving on, uh, this was the last day of our trip I, I'm just having to keep mind of the uh, uh, keep in mind here the uh, time because i 've got seven minutes left so uh, moving on from, uh, moving on from Belfast, we went back into southern Ireland because we 're taking basically a big circle here, and we decided that we were going to go to uh, a couple couple places that we need to stop. one is the the high crosses at monaster boys now i 've talked about this on my show before. When I've talked about syncretism, and you can go back to some of the old Tom Harris USA shows where I talk about syncretism, I want to say episode six. Uh, so uh, check that out. Um, they talk about my trip to Monasterboice in a little bit more detail, but it's interesting to see how the folklore, and in particular how the Christians, you know, kind of co-opted Irish culture uh, to, to to spread themselves. Um, the other major site on that last day of the trip was the Hill of Tara. This is an interesting site because this was the seat of the Irish government for, for centuries. This was the, the, clou- the crowning point, uh, the, the coronation stone of the Irish kings, or what we call the Dick of Ireland because it's this sort of dolmen. It's, it's, sort of, <laughs> it's sort of this phallic stone that sticks up out of the ground. Uh, and this was the place where the Irish High Kings were crowned, and of course it used to be a fortress. Got knocked down, you know, th- th- all that. But again, very interesting historically speaking to see, you know, the, this this almost holy site in Ireland, uh, and and that and that was pretty much the bus tour. Now, what what happened after the bus tour? We went, to, uh, uh, we, we went back to Dublin, did the usual uh, stuff. I went to Temple Bar. I ate an Indonesian restaurant in, in Dublin, interestingly enough. A very, very good food. Um, went to the, you know, all the Trinity College. Now, I went to the Jameson Distillery. I was going to talk about this real quick um, because uh, James was asking about it. The Jameson Distillery, they're not actually doing whiskey at, at the old distillery anymore. Now, it's just a tourist attraction. But they do talk about, they take, if you've been on one distillery tour, you've kind of been on all of them. But they take you through the whole distilling process. They show you the old stills. They show you, you know, sort of the methods of making the whiskey. I have to say, I'm not a big fan of Irish whiskey. And the reason why is because it's distilled. They distill all of the flavor out of it. Uh, I mean, I happen to like scotch. I can't drink it as much as I used to, but I, I do love it. And they triple distill whiskey in Ireland, whereas in most scotches only double distilled. Because it's the, in, it's the impurities that give whiskey its flavor. And if you distill that out, then you end up with something that's close to a neutral spirit. And that's the way Irish whiskey tastes to me. So I have to say, I'm not a fan of the Irish whiskey. It's, it's fine. You know, I'll drink it. But it's not something that I'll actually seek out because I actually like a smoky uh, whiskey with a lot of phenols in it. So I like the Isla stuff. Anyway, uh, just, uh, moving on. I only have three minutes left. Oh, no. So uh, maybe I'll talk about this next week uh, a little more. But uh, So I decided after the, the bus tour that I was going to go back to Cotamara. Cotamara is a really interesting place. Back in the 1850s, there were a couple million people living in Cotamara. Nowadays, there's only maybe a couple hundred thousand A lot of that had to do with with people leaving en masse during the potato famine and going to America. Um, But I decided what to do uh, there was to hike. So what I did was I did two days worth of the Western Way Trail. Interesting trail. It goes uh, all the way from from Otterard all the way up into county donegal i think it takes about six days seven days to do the whole trail i just did the first two days of it because that's all the time i had but i went from otterard to Moam. very very pretty trip along loch Corrib. you get to see a lot of the scenery along loch Corrib. the but the main attraction of course is that you're walking through this giant sucking peat bog for the entire day <laughs> so your feet get absolutely coated in mud you you, know, you you get dirty you get sweaty um you see the absolutely gorgeous scenery and it's a good time mom is sort of the the halfway point is a kind of a sleepy little town stayed in a bed and breakfast in mom and then the next day set off across the mom turk mountains to lanon now this was a, a tough hike because it's first of all it's a long hike it's a 20-mile hike. So that's a long day, and especially when you're going up and down mountains. Uh, and you go from 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 Moam over the Moam Turk Mountains. There's a holy well up at the top of, of the mountains right near Moam. Now where a lot of people go, you know, there's a little chapel up there. There's a holy well, which was actually a holy site long before St. Patrick supposedly visited there. And then you move on across the mountains towards Lanon, which is kind of where I, where I left off. Anyway, I gotta go. Uh, I will talk to you all next week. Sorry about this. I'll go into more detail about Konamara next week and, uh, make up for it. Sorry about that folks. And sorry about the adverts. Just ignore them. I do. Thanks for listening.